Life Audio. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Bill and the Goat. Our show is all about overcoming life's challenges, overcoming adversity. On this day, I have the pleasure and honor to have a conversation with one of my good friends from way back. <laughs> we attended the Naval Academy together. We were youngins, full of ourselves, maxing out in the weight room, and terrorizing Annapolis and Washington, D.C. Yes, we had big fun. <laughs> he went from midshipman to service warfare officer to pastor. Yes, Pastor James Arthur Lavender. <laughs> Hallelujah. Congratulations, my man. Thank you Pastor. for that introduction, my brother. Oh, it's, I'm not done. Oh. Pa- <laughs> Pastor James grew up in the church, but did not fully understand Christianity until he was in his 30s. Well, that was a long time ago, and much has changed. In 2014, James was ordained at the Rima Bible College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Today, since 2015, he pastors Word of Grace Christian Church in Herndon, Virginia. Along his journey, James was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, but of course, that did not stop him. Praise God, James is all good. He and his wife, Catherine, married in 2015 and are of one accord. Their love and devotion to Christ and to each other overflows in their congregation, the community, and the rest of the world. Please join me in a warm welcome for Pastor James Arthur Lavender, my man. Actually, right? Stage love. I'm proud of you, man. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Catherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app. Once life right. correction, I'm licensed. I was licensed through Rainbow Bible College. I'm ordained here. It's just slight different, but understood. Understood. No, thank you for pointing that out because there are listeners who you know are aware and be like, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> get on your job." Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Before we really get started, so I know you have a daughter named Lily from a previous yep. marriage, previous relationship. Yep. yep. Before we get into the conversation, any plans on uh, on? Uh, I just I just thought it out there. I didn't know if you and you and Catherine had any. So here's the truth. When I married my wife, who is 10 years younger than I am, I knew mm. that it would be a possibility. 
And it has always been my stance that if my wife wants children, number one, there's no need in saying you don't want them. If, I'm, guys, if your wife wants a baby, she's going to have a baby. There you go. So, so <laughs> Don't even front. Don't even, yeah, don't even front. So it is, it is something that we are seriously, seriously considering. And yes, that would Amen. make me, that, that would make me fifty-five when he gets when he gets here. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, let me. I'll say this though, man. I've had mm-hmm. there's several people in this congregation. One of them, his office is right down the hall. Now he is eighty-one, I think now, mm-hmm. or about to turn eighty-one, and he literally just dropped his eighteen-year-old daughter off at the University of South Carolina. Number one, I have another guy who had his first child. I think he was 67 when he had mm-hmm. his first shot. So, you know, age ain't nothing but, I mean, yeah, you know. I, I, I'm speculating. I'm wondering what you're, what's in the water at your church. What, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on at Lord Grace Christian Church in Harlem, Virginia? Something going on there. <laughs> Don't drink the water. Uh, man, yeah. let's, let's jump into it, man. Right there you go. There you go. Let's jump into it. All right. Your faith, you've, you've always been to church your whole life but and you know there's there's levels to it and and i'm 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 early in my walk and for me personally it's different now than it was for me a couple years ago so tell me about that tell me about that well as you mentioned earlier you know i grew up in a church and i was starting to realize what it meant to be a christian because for me being a christian literally meant my mom and daddy was a christian Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm but, but being a Christian is so much more than that, and that is it is having the spirit of the resurrected Christ living on the inside of you and giving him the Ooh. opportunity and the ability to direct your actions. One of the Amen. things I, I start every service here off, <clears throat> number one, Jesus did not come in order to turn bad people into good people. He came for the express purpose of turning that which was dead alive again. And to Amen. say alive, so, so Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that life is nothing more than the connection to the Father that was broken. And if you're mm-hmm. not connected to the Father, you are dead. You may be producing no CO2. Bueno. You, may be, you may be going to work every day producing CO2, running mm-hmm. marathons, but you are literally mm-hmm. dead. And so when Jesus connected us back to the Father, giving us that connection to life, you become alive again. And, and it's very important, I say this every Sunday, even though Jesus didn't come to make bad people good people, it is very important for Christians to be good people because if you're not a good person, oh my goodness, if you're not a good person, nobody wants anything to do with you or your Jesus. And unfortunately, Jesus gets judged a lot of times by the actions of his people. And God will, <laughs> right? He give you a hand slap. I mean, and, and I Amen. mean, and and, and <clears throat> I, I think that hand slap comes in a lot of different forms, right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Depend, depending on the person, like like. <clears throat> God wouldn't take someone who and throw them up against the wall and shake them around if that's not mm. their personality. If, like, like you and I grew up in households where, where corporal punishment was, was, was very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but wow. corporal punishment worked on us. Kids that it would destroy. And so, so God, God <laughs> with you in the way that, that, that best gets you from the point right. to the point where there he you wants go. you to be. And if corporal punishment is what it takes, he'll do that. If if wooing you some other way, he he'll do that. I mean, he he's got mm-hmm. that patience. <laughs> he can outlast all of us. He's got to have patience <laughs> with all the crazy going on in the world. Let me ask you this, man. Yeah. When you when you were stressed out mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. just going through stuff, 
Did you go to God? Did you go to Christ? What was your What was your go to? What, what What helps you? So, I mean, I, I mean, when I say stress, my stress is mounted, man. Because there was a point, Bill, when I had, I want to say roughly, I want somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand dollars in tax debt. So, mm. so, so my stresses, I, 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 I kind of unloaded them on Christ, and I actually wrote a contract with him. Mm. And you know, I, I said, Lord, you are my, you're my Lord and Savior, you. So you provide all my needs, and I just wrote all these things out, and I just gave it to God, right? Mm-hmm. And then I then I stopped worrying about it. So one of the things I'm very good at doing is once I pray about something and once I give it to God, I'm like, it's out of my hands now. There you it, go. It's above me now. And, and mm-hmm. I try really hard, and I'm better at it at 54 than I was at you know 44, but I try mm-hmm. really hard never picking it up again. You know, once I once I give it to God, and I and I'm 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 pretty clear with this. You know, with the congregation, you know, God is not going to wrestle anything out of your hands. He, he wants you to give it to Him. He's not gonna, yeah, He's not going. He's not going to wrestle. He he wrestled. He wrestled with Jacob, but that was for a person. He purpose. He's not going to wrestle something out of your hand. And what I do is I just try to voluntarily give everything to Him, and then try never again to pick it up. Amen. Because if I do that, to me, I'm oh I'm now. I am now exhibiting a lack of trust or faith in the one whom I gave it to. My goodness. I mean, that reminds me, I mean, myself personally, you know, times in my life where I should have not done certain things or been in certain situations. And then I got out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I say it's a relationship. And I decided to go back into the relationship. And God said, look, don't, don't jump back in the fire. <laughs> What is wrong with you? So you've always had a go-to. Your go-to when you stressed out in high school, junior high, growing up, God was your and, God and, was your guy. And I and I want to say it this way: like even even before I I got quote unquote saved, even before I got quote unquote saved, God has let me know that I have always been His. And I, and I, you know mm. I have a story that I never shared with you. I I want to say it was nineteen. It had to be like ninety four, ninety five. And I became the top secret control officer for my ship. And what happened was the top secret control officer, I don't know, he got put off the ship or something. He, 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 he was there one minute, he was going the next. And so I just signed the document saying, okay, I'm now the top secret control officer. But one of the things you're supposed to do for that, you're supposed to do an inventory first. Because you're responsible for everything that you signed for. But I signed mm-hmm. first before doing the inventory. Oh, wow. So a couple of weeks go by and I started doing an inventory and I find out that stuff is missing. And, and, and Bill, because I've been, I'm, you remember, you know what CMS was? Uh, I was I was just about to ask you if it was CMS custodian because I was supposed to be CMS custodian on the Mississippi when I came down here. I was scared yeah, out of my yeah. mind. Yes. So I, was C, I was CMS custodian and then yeah. after that I became CMS custodian and top secret control officer. So I'm, I'm looking at this this inventory and I'm like, I can't find this stuff. So you know what I did, Bill? Now this is before, mind you, this is before my awakening to being a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I, I I left the ship one day, completely stressed because all I saw was me in Fort Leavenworth making <laughs> big rock, right? And, and so I went to California, I went to a bar and I just started drinking. Bro. I started, I'm drinking. And, and so wow. I, I mean, from like five until 839. I'm drinking, 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 and I'm good and drunk. Now I'm soft. And you'll never guess walking that far. The Lord God Himself walked in and sits down right next to me and said, Okay, now what? Uh-oh. You're, you're really drunk. 
and you still got to go back to the ship and find that stuff. Woo. And so he says, go, go home because I'm sure go home, take a nap, get up in the morning and go find that equipment. And I tell you from that day forward, Bill, I have never used alcohol to soothe my nerves in any People tell you, you know what, in that state, God won't even talk to you. I know, I get he will. You got that, that right, brother. Christ paid a heavy price for to give God the opportunity once again to to commune with man in all of his fallacies, all mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. That failed being a in a drunken stupor. God says, "Okay, son, now yep. what? You still got to go find that stuff. <laughs> get up, go over, get up in the morning, and go find that stuff." And that gave me the confidence. If he said, "Go find it," that means I can find it, right? And he'll never command you to do something. That's that it. Can. So. It's just so, so God, God, right? He he, right the ship right then, right then and there. Right. And, and just to give people some context on CMS custodian, I was scared out of my mind because I remember going to 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 Swass up in Newport, and then going to follow on schools. And one of the schools was CMS custodian. Mm-hmm. And all I kept hearing from guys was was oh CMS custodian. Oh, you you going to jail? You going to Levinsville? Oh, oh, I'll mess okay. up. You know, I'm like what? <laughs> Watching, we're using acronyms for those watching. CMS stands for Communication Material Security. So it's a lot of crypto stuff. That's what CMS stands right. for. But for those of us in the fleet, we we called it Career Modification System because if you messed up, you were done. Wow, wow! You never told me that story, man. You talking about hands on? Yeah. Well, thank you for listening because you know. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't have to, and you did. Some people don't listen. I didn't for years. I didn't for years. And and God was, and just like you said, God will speak to you. I remember being in my bed. This is before I really got really into my walk. I was in my bed. I was still doing some foul stuff years ago at my house. I'm asleep, knocked out, nothing on in my house, no TV, no radio, no nothing. And in the middle of the night, I heard someone scream. I jumped up. <laughs> I looked around the house. I checked everywhere, every door, everything's locked, nothing. And it was God waking me up. Look, you better fly right. I got I got a similar story to that, man. So when we moved from California to mm-hmm. to the East Coast, so mm-hmm. my 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 daughter and her mother used to stay with me in Alameda. And then mm-hmm. when the first dot com burst happened. I mean, after about a year, I lost everything. I mean, you, you know, you can't go six figures making nothing. I don't care what your nest egg is, you end up burning through that. And so mm-hmm. I lost everything. And they moved to Massachusetts. I moved here to Maryland. Uh, yeah, to Maryland. I live in Virginia now, but moved to Maryland. And what I would mm-hmm. do every weekend, I would drive to Massachusetts every weekend. There you uh, go. There was a point in time, though, when I, I would be working like nine to nine on Saturday. And I would mm-hmm. get off at nine and then drive to Massachusetts which is a six and a half, seven hour drive. So think about it, okay. work a 12 hour day and then drive seven Yeah, hours. yeah, be committed. One night, yeah. one night <laughs> in, on I-95 in Connecticut, I'm driving and I, I had an F-250 turbo diesel, huge F-250 and mm-hmm. I, it was on cruise control going up 95 and I was asleep. Woo! And, and just like you heard Billy, I heard, Shing! I woke up, it was just the other I'm on break with my cloud over. It's about three in the morning. What? I heard that same. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm driving driving up there, man, and just just heard my name scream. Now, whether that was God himself, my angel, that he had decided, whatever, I heard my name, and I woke up just enough to slam on brakes so that I didn't plow over this guy or whoever was driving that car. Bro, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, we, we've been, one of the things that God has told me, just <clears throat> he's iterated this throughout the years. You you were mine long before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were mine long before you realized. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We have no 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 idea, no recollection. Yep, yep. But these these things happen to you. You have a number of instances happen to you. Um, I want you to talk about that. You know, but you know what I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instances. But um, if I guess it finally clicked. Did it finally click? All these things that happening happen to you. Are you discussing them with family members or friends, or you just kind of? No, no, I didn't. I wasn't putting the pieces together, and really, mm-hmm. the pieces really didn't start coming together to make a puzzle uh, until the incident that you were talking about. That's when things started to come together. Well, let's get into it. Okay, tell me about that. And, and, and just and so we're gonna go about ten years prior to this incident in 1988. You remember 1988 was our youngster cruise. Yep. Right. And, and one of the things I did for our youngster cruise, so I went to tr- to San Diego to be on the USS Tripoli. And then after that, I was a counselor at Boys State, uh, which is something that was put on by the American Legion as okay. a high school okay. junior. As a high school junior, Mark and I, another classmate of ours that, you know, Mark, Brad, uh, mm-hmm. Mark. Yeah. Mark and I went to Alabama Boys State and where we met two midshipmen from the Naval Academy, a first D and, and a youngster. And mm-hmm. and I remember when I saw them and I was pause, like, man, pause, I, senior and a sophomore. A senior and sophomore, sorry. Okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went after I met these guys, and, and the first thing, the senior let me hold his class ring. I'm like, oh, I got it. I'm like, oh. It was like the Holy Grail. I was like, I got to get one of these. That's, that's it. And, uh, and so I went, when I went to the academy, and I saw on the list of things we could sign up for was a counselor at Boys State. And I was like, I want to go do that. And mm-hmm. maybe I can inspire somebody else to come here one day and enjoy this misery with us. But, uh, <laughs> right. And so I, as I'm, a, I'm at a counselor, I'm a counselor one of these, and I'm sitting in an office one day with a guy who was probably 10 years older than me. So at the time, I think we were probably 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And this guy's in his 30, and I'm counseling this guy on life. Yeah, it was just, just giving him, trying to, trying to counsel. Whoa. And I remember doing this counseling session, the first thing in my head is, Lord, you, you got the wrong one. I am not going into the ministry. I ain't going to, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing this. Right. And he, for almost 10 years, but 10 years later, I am now, I graduated from the academy. I'm stationed in California. And this was a time in my life, Bill, and I don't know if you've ever been through, where I had far more muscles than I had common sense or courtesy. It was you don't just, know. You know. Yeah, I lived So I, I, I'm coming to your store in, uh, this was in Emeryville, California. And I see a guy waiting for a parking spot. But the, the way the car was backing out, it kind of blocked him from the spot. Mm. And all I could do was just jump in behind it. But he was clearly there. When I say he was clearly there. Mm. And the thing to do would be to let this gentleman have the spot. But I jumped in there. And when I got out of the car, I kind of slammed the door and turned around like, what you going to do? You don't want Bro, that. That gets you killed somewhere. <laughs> that gets you killed. Go ahead. It did. I died that day. That, that, right, there you go. I hate you. So I'm walking through the store, Bill, and I, I make it's either you know a right or a left down down one of the aisles. Mm-hmm. And the dude is standing right there. I didn't mm-hmm. see him. Had he had a 45, he could have blown my brains out. I would never <laughs> have the rack. 
right. what he did was he grabbed me and hugged me and said, Jesus loves you, and so do I. Wow. And then, then he reaches down, grabs his daughter's hand, and Bill, I tell you, they slipped off. Like, you ever watch? And so I'm thinking, my mind is grown. I, I, I'm like, what just happened? Oh, my goodness. And so after a couple of minutes of just standing there looking around, what is it? I go back to my car. It ruined my shopping trip. I never got the shop. That would have ruined me. I went back home and, and I got, and I went into my office. I had, you know, huge office downstairs. I went down to my office, closed the door. And for the first time in many years, I got on my knees and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, and so, so this is a grown up or off, uh, Mm-hmm. I, I am a pastor now, but I was not always a pastor. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna say exactly what I said to God. Like just so real. Mm-hmm. I just said, Lord, I was a real asshole to that guy. And he did not deserve that. And I'm so sorry. I, I I don't know his name. Can you please bless him some kind of way? I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. And so mm-hmm. that was literally my prayer for several months. Every month, like, Lord, I was a real asshole wow. to that guy. So sorry. I'm so sorry. It did. I mean, it really mm-hmm. messed up, man. Mm-hmm. So about six months later, I'm in a different part of, you know, I'm in a neighboring town, actually. So I, I said that was Emmerville. So I'm in Berkeley about six months later. And mm-hmm. I had just come back from out of out of a store and I come to my car and the car will not start. And mind you, so this is 1990, this is about 97, 90, 98, maybe. Okay. I had a 95 Corvette. So it wasn't nothing wrong with the car, right? But the car would not start. It just would not start. As I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, what's going on? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got a friend who lives about five miles away. We were in, I was in real good shape. I was like, I can flip it to his house. But this stuff wouldn't let me go. And so, no, no, I was, so I was just stuck there. I didn't have a cell phone, so I tried to open up my cell phone. This was back in the time. You remember, I had a cell phone that was both analog and digital, right? Oh so this was right at the time of the so yeah. I knew that whenever my digital signal wouldn't work, I could always hit a button, flip it over to analog, and analog just always worked, always. There's a dinosaur. Did a, right. <laughs> and Bill, I'm stuck at this spot 50 minutes, at least 50 minutes. About, you know, 50, 55 five minutes later, I see something in, out of the corner of my eye. It looked like the same car that I had cut off six months later. Earth. Oh, my gosh. And, as he's pulling around, I'm like, dang, no way that can be YouTube. No way that can be but it's like he made a beeline. It's like he was, it was almost like he was looking for the spot right in front of my car. And he jumped out of his car and goes, Brother, I've been praying for you. Wow. He said, Hey, man, my name is Brother Reggie. He wrote down his phone number. I said, I go to church here. He gave me his card and he left. He's gone. And I started thinking to myself, I said, Lord, you know, if this car starts, you and I need to have a serious conversation. And would you know it, as soon as I got in the car, it fired up immediately. Cell phone starts working. It's like I was stuck in that spot. <laughs> and, and what happened was I, I, I was a Baptist. You know, right. Nobody understands Baptist church. Uh, this guy was coaching the Church of God in Christ, which is highly Pentecostal. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it was, different. It was, it, it was very different. Uh, and every time I told myself, I got to leave this church, the Lord's like, I, 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 I spent a lot to get you here. I put together a lot to get you. You can't leave. And wow. so that was the beginning of my education that Christianity was bigger than Baptist. Christianity is bigger than Christianity. Is big. So God is bigger than any denomination. And so, and so that was the beginning of my, my, my revelation of that. But that was the part or the point in my life 
when things started to come together to see the hand of God in my life. As we were talking yesterday in the in the book of Acts, Luke quotes David as saying, I always behold the Lord before me, which is to say that he, he sees the Lord's hand in everything that he does in all aspects of his life. And yes, that sir. was the point that Amen. I started to see that and, and just start to have that constant dialogue or should that constant communication with God about it, you know, pretty much everything. Wow. That's not to say I've always looked. Okay, but let's get that. Oh, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's clear. I understand just, that. It's just just because it, it, just because you, you just because you talk to your children doesn't mean they're they're necessarily listening, right? Listening, right? <laughs> yeah, we were big kids with. Everyone. I get it, man. You told me that story the first time, you know, a couple of years ago, and I was blown away. But even it hits me differently now, like because I'm in a different space. Just like we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Your wife had the opportunity. Fortunately to meet Catherine yesterday, man, how'd y'all meet? So she was a, she was a visitor at this church. I think it was December 19th, 2016. And mm-hmm. she was leading worship at another church, but decided to come to her, our church after she led worship at this other church. So I was into the message when she walked in. And I, was on, I guess I was on the left side of the stage talking to this side of the or uh, the congregation and then I'm coming back around to the right side and she had stuck oh. in the back. And so I'm talking about I'm like That was Whoa. it. That was, it's like I, I lost my place. I kinda of lost my place. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself and I am like, God, she is gorgeous. <laughs> wow. And then I, yeah. I finally, you know, gather myself and uh, you know after the service got it got a chance to introduce myself to her or she introduced herself to me and we introduced ourselves to each other. Mm. And then we started trying to avoid each other because we, we just, you know. I don't blame like, her. I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, I mess with you, bro. Yeah, no, I got right. I'm trying right. to, she's trying to, <clears throat> after a couple, by February, it became impossible because no matter what we were doing to avoid each other, we were always crossing paths. And then, and then we just decided one day to hang out. So we, we just hung out one day. I, I took her to the car show in D.C. And... We hung out for 20, I want to say 23. So I, I picked her up at 10 in the morning and I didn't take her home till it was like two in the morning, right? So we just, wow. we just hung out that whole day. And then the next day we hung out again. I, I took, her to, took her to my sister's house because I had some paperwork to pick up and mm-hmm. she got instantly interrogated by my sister who, who saw something. And I'm like, we were just friends. Like we literally, this is the second day we ever hung up, but my sister, my sister saw something and just, she instantly started interrogating her, and and then she kind of gave me the thumbs up. I'm like, wait, this is the <laughs> time. This is the second time we're hanging out, right? Uh, so that was February in March. I proposed to her, and then of course I'm gonna. I called my sister, and my my sister wrote me a note going, you know, we have this thing. She goes, Jerry knew. My sister's name is Geraldine. She goes, yeah, I, I already knew, and then we got married. Wow. In June. Yeah, and the only reason it took that, June man. to get married because her parents were away. Her parents snowbird in Arizona, so they have a house here. In oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. We had to wait for them to get back. <clears throat> God well, otherwise, we'd have got married in March. Right. Oh man, I was so happy to meet her yesterday. That was fantastic, man. Um, that's my baby, man. That's my baby. Oh yeah, you can see it. I mean, you're on both of y'all. It's just ah, maybe ah, <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> Let me ask you this, man. And I think I know what yeah. you're going to say, but when you had the least amount of faith. When things were just seem just like dire straits, 
You know, I think mm-hmm. we've all been there. What did you do when you were in that position? What, what, what was going on when you were in the least amount of faith that had the faith of a mustard seed, but. I, I, so I'm going to have to Still. reframe the question so that I understand mm-hmm. it better. I hope you don't mind. And so mm-hmm. rather than, than the least amount of faith, I will say uh, there was times when my what I thought my faith should be producing hadn't produced it yet. Mm-hmm. So what did I do then? And what I did then was, mm-hmm. again, just continue pressing into, into God. And I'll say, and I'll give mm-hmm. you the example. We talked about this yesterday. And I, and I, I looked at it, it's 2009 it was, where I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Yep. And one of the things that, that the Lord kind of put me on a path is, is to daily digest his word. And so I had this book of healing scriptures that I would read every day. And it took an hour to read the book of healing scriptures. So I would go to work from 9 until 9. So I mm-hmm. work for two hours. I would get home immediately read these healing scriptures for one hour, take a shower, and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. I did that for about six months. So what I would do is I'd get the book and I would put it on my walker. So at the time, I was walking with the walker. I'd put it on my walker, and I would just be walking throughout my basement with these healing scriptures. Mm-hmm. And and for those who've never had multiple scriptures, I pray you never do. I mean, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But it right. affects your, your nerve in and sometimes the pain would just be unbearable. In about four or five months of doing this, right, mm-hmm. I remember sitting back saying, Lord, is this ever going to work? This is what your word says. Your word says that you bore this for me. Your word says that by your stripes I was healed. Is this ever mm-hmm. going to work? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. with pressing in, so what I would do is when I didn't see the results, I would always ask God, is this ever going to work? What am I, you know, what do I? And there's nothing I can do to buy what you paid for. There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to earn what you paid for. This is ever going to work. And it's like the Holy Spirit on the inside of me just said, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep doing what you're doing. And what that was doing was building on the inside of me a strength that helped me attack a lot of other areas in life. Mm-hmm. God can heal you in the instant. Right? Amen. That's right. And, it, and if he doesn't, is probably allowing a strength to be built up on the inside of you. Right. To other challenges that he sees coming down the path. So I believe that. Mm-hmm. There's been other challenges that come up, but the faith has been so strong there. I, I no longer stress out about anything. <clears throat> One of the things that I try to teach is no matter what's going on, this should be your your level. You know, you don't get too don't get low. Don't get too low. No, no matter what happens, right. you, I, I picture myself as the bow of a ship cutting through waves, like the the. the mm-hmm. I say, yeah, it's real. Yeah. At you, but I'm just I'm just the bow of the ship plowing through the waves, and it is the faith that God has allowed me to develop. Well, number one that He gave me because He's given everybody the measure of faith, mm-hmm. but it's just like He's given everybody biceps, right? Some right. people go to the gym and build those biceps. Or some people mm. go to the gym and build He's given everybody these muscles. Uh, <clears throat> everybody faith. And it is through that exercise that I was able to build my faith muscles to help mm-hmm. attack other things. You gotta practice it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So I don't know if I did that answer your question. I it did, it did, it did, it did. No, that I mean that you know, I guess <clears throat> the deal is when you are whatever you're faced with 
however big it is, sometimes it's hard to have faith. You know, particularly if you were listening to other people and so-and-so went through this, had listened to another person that's gone through something similar and this happened. So you automatically think that it's going to happen to you. You know, hey, Bill, we're all I, cut a lot of I cut a lot of people out of my life when I got diagnosed with mobile disease. I, I just bet. cut them out because I could not listen to what they were saying. There are a couple of friends, you know, Art Bragg, Walker, Judd Johnson, you know, all our yep. classmates. Our guys. Mm-hmm. That, that that core group, I, they were always very positive with me about everything. Even, you know, even when it looked like I was never going to walk again, they were all very positive. So that right. core group were with me the whole time. And you, know, you need, bro. And you and I were actually communicating during that time, you know, via text a lot. Uh, mm. But there were other people who were, <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, man, she ain't never been. That's I, what I just, I'm talking about. I just... It's crazy. I had yeah. I had uh, family members. I just I just cut out of my life. And it's not that I'm I'm a snob or anything like that. It's just I I'm working on something in faith that I don't need contaminated. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the world is trying to contaminate my faith. I don't need you helping the world. And Amen. so what I did, I just I, just, I, I you know I cut out. Amen. I'm glad you did. Man. You're so right. You got to get that toxic that toxic toxicity out of your life. Absolutely. You know, you don't need that. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe to toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter and two men leave because that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. No. Yeah, talk about Divinity School. Okay. How is, how uh, is Divinity it's, it's actually so It's actually a Bible college. Bible not, not, college, I'm sorry. And so Rama is, is a Bible college in Broken Arrow, uh, Oklahoma. And it is where the movement known as the Word of Faith was birthed. And okay. it, is literally, it is literally taking the Word of God at face value and applying it to your life. So if the Word says it, we try to walk out. And, and in doing that, just through the, through the full education of that, Mm-hmm. One of the most important parts of that is introduction to uh, the Holy Spirit, who, as we discussed yesterday, without his guidance, Lost. the word, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Bible becomes a weapon that you beat people over the head with, rather than this, this real love letter from God about mm-hmm. his family back. And, and so anyway, so going through that process, to me, the biggest portion of it was 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 being introduced again to the Holy Spirit and His role in each and every one of our lives. Mm-hmm. And as we talked yesterday, the Holy Spirit has the answer to every problem Everything. in the universe. And I has mm-hmm. not 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 in Virginia. I'm in Herndon, and you're in Virginia Beach, right? So mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not the problem, but the problems of the universe mm-hmm. inside of you. And if you need an answer, he is where you need to go. Amen. That's right. He's put, he's put godly he knows people all. around you. Yeah, yeah. Right. He put yeah. godly people around you. And I say seek godly advice, but always, always, always take that advice 
to the Holy Spirit that is in you, and he will confirm it or say, you know what, that's good advice, but that's not applicable for you right now and right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, being spirit-led. So I, I did this I did this sermon a couple of weeks ago because I had, I had this communication with God. I was like, Lord, you know, given the society that we're living in now, I, I, I want a set of instructions mm-hmm. as to how I'm supposed to act in every situation circumstance. And I say that because since the ninth grade, Bill, I have been a computer programmer. And I started commercially programming in the 10th grade. So I started getting paid for it, which is why I went to the academy and majored in computer science, right? Like life should be like the computer so I can execute line one and execute line two and execute line three. And that way, I take all the onus off of me for how I act if I'm just executing instructions. And the way, what, the way the Lord answered that, he says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And he was calling me a son of God. And I, like, I, I understand that, Lord. I know that scripture. I know that scripture. I know exactly. I can go point that scripture. But how do I do this? My son, those who are led by my spirit are my son. And what he was telling me was, there are no list of instructions that I'm going to give you. What I want is for you to have a constant dialogue with me mm-hmm. and allow me to guide your actions in every situation and circumstance. And, and the Holy Spirit is key to that. So I, that's a roundabout way of, you know, that was what, what Rainbow Bible College did for me. A lot of, I think, I'm just going out on a limb when I say this. I did not understand how crucial of a piece the Holy Spirit is to, like, that's our segue. Mm-hmm. Like, in order to get to me, you got to go through him. You can't come straight to me. Go straight to me. Is that how it works? Go back. <laughs> that's I mean, how it works. And, and, I mean, it's, it's so important that Jesus told them, you know, you just wait there until you get power from the Holy Spirit. So this was after, you know, after his death and burial and resurrection. And before, you know, right as he got us, as he ascended, he's like, you wait until you imbue the power by the Holy Then you'll be witnesses to me. Oh. So, so, I mean, it's, it was right there in the text, how important the Holy Spirit was. That's fascinating, man. <laughs> I mean, what, what? How did you feel like internally when you're going through this? You know what I mean? What I've always had something, what I'm, I'm going to call biblical hope. Mm-hmm. And biblical hope is different than hope of the world, right? Right. Hope of yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope this person, yeah. I hope this. Right. But that, that biblical hope is like an expectancy of good to happen, expectancy mm-hmm. of the word coming to pass. So I've all, so. I've always had this anxious anticipation of the good right. things that I know are coming. And I, the only way I can uh, uh, equate it is like, you know, uh, like a child before Christmas, right? They, right. You can, see the you can see the presents under the tree, and he's got this little dance going because you can't wait. That, that, oh, that, yeah. that, that's just, what I, just I, I'm it. full of. Yeah, just because I know it's coming. I, I just can't unwrap mm-hmm. the presents yet. Right? And usually get more than what you asked for or what you even expected, right? I mean, it's... Oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh yeah, talking you know talking to you, hearing you share that, I think about my son William, mm-hmm. and I think about you know where he started, one pound fourteen ounces, and the doctor said, look, just let it go, just just let him just let him go, start over, blah blah blah. And then I look at then, and I look at William now. Down. Mm-hmm. And whoa, it, and it's thank God you didn't listen to them doctors. And what? <laughs> Here's the thing, James. I'm glad you said that. This is this this was the interesting interesting part. 
You know, doctors are supposed to do and say what they're supposed to do because that's what they get paid to do. Mm-hmm. But this doctor, this doctor, it was one day in the NICU. I was, we were leaning over William. It was just me and him. And William was fighting. He was fighting. He was struggling because they were trying to, you know, do a procedure or what have you. And I tried, I, I, I said, William, calm down. He said, he's okay. He said, listen, your son is a fighter. He is a fighter. He said, most cases we see like this, they just lay there and then, you know, it ends very, very soon. But one of the most fascinating things, the most powerful things that he shared with me, it came out of nowhere. He said, you know, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but it's clear to me that your family has a strong faith. Oh, wow. Let me just tell you that your son is going to be, he's going to be just fine. Wow. And and to keep that faith. And doctors yeah. don't normally doctors, do that. They're not, no. They don't normally <laughs> Because Williams, yeah, because Williams, she was really, she was really hard on herself because she thought it was her fault, like something that she had done. And mm-hmm. said, no way. She didn't drink, smoke, drugs, anything. She was in great shape, fitness person, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't her. And I shared it with him. And that's when he said, look, mm-hmm. it's not her. This just happened, but yours, it's clear to me that you'll have a strong faith. He's going to be fine. And, and so often people people put themselves under condemnation or say God is doing something to me. Here, here's the deal. God knows that this world has fallen, and, 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 and what he did was he put his spirit on the inside of much of us mm-hmm. to help those who, who are going through things by allowance. One of the greatest gifts that you and I have, Bill, is to help someone get in contact with God on the inside of them. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the greatest tips we can give anybody. And mm-hmm. what that does is it allows you to better cope with this fallen world. And God isn't doing anything to people. The world is fallen. And everything so, so we, know it. Adam was perfect. Adam, the male Adam was perfect. The female Adam were perfect when Adam mm-hmm. sinned. That's when all this crap came in from birth defects to death itself. All of that came in based on that. And so this isn't God doing anything. It is the fact that we live in a fallen world. But he didn't, he, he didn't just, he became a man to reconnect himself to us so that we would stand a fighting chance. All we have to do is tap into him. Yep. Make that, create that relationship, not create the relationship, <laughs> but you know, right, right. Be, be part of it. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Let me ask you this. Okay. Any nuggets you can share for our audience on faith? Mm-hmm. On faith. Oh, because on faith, I would say the biggest nugget is to, we live in a technological age. Mm-hmm. And you and I are beings that are designed to be influenced by what we see and hear. Shut off the media. Close Facebook, close TikTok, close Instagram. I'm not saying permanently, but I'm saying allow your time, allow yourself time to feed on something spiritual. Given that we live in a technological age, you can you can buy on Audible. You can. So I, I went for a walk this morning. I walked, uh, I walked five miles this morning, and mm-hmm. I listened to the Book of John. So I listened from uh, John, uh, John one through maybe John fifteen during that time, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is feeding my spirit. 
we have we are such a busy culture that we don't sometimes have the, the 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 time to sit down and open the Bible or open it on your phone and read it. You can't do it in traffic, but you can always feed it through your ears. And believe it or not, listening to the Bible, you pick up things that you sometimes don't pick up while you read. Now, here's the purpose to do it is to have it on audible, but also have it in front of you in writing and just follow the writing. Wow. There's a, that's a different level of learning. Wow. So this is what I would encourage everyone. I'm not saying you have to you have to terminate your Facebook account. You have to terminate. But I'm saying dedicate some of that time to building yourself up in Absolutely. And that's the biggest faith nugget I can give you. James, I've been, I've been doing that. You know, that's something that, you know, I've been started reading the Bible again. I can't even tell you how many times I've started and stopped to read the Bible mm-hmm. years past. But as of late, I have the audio version and then I also mm-hmm. have a couple of other versions. I'm in a different space. I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And we talked about this yesterday. It is amazing how much depth there is knowledge <laughs> it, it is it is it is amazing and you're yeah, exactly I to, right i went to a mm-hmm. conference in chattanooga last week and uh, one of the, the the speakers got up he said this is the biggest revelation you're going to get from this conference and so we're all like okay what is it he said, god is a whole lot smarter than all of y'all <laughs> and so when you, when you when you read the Bible, you have to read it from that standpoint. He not only is he smarter, he knows everything. I mean, he, he knows you. When I say he knows you, he knows your mama them. He, he knows. <laughs> you know, he, he knows you back to Adam, right? So everything has, has that has gone to who you are. He knows, and, and he had process in the Word specifically for you where you are. And again, seven point four. People are on the planet. He has nuances in his words that fit everybody where they are. And his word is inexhaustible, bro. Inexhaustible. Inexhaustible. I'm I'm so I'm a, not anxious, but I I really look forward to 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 being a pastor. I, I can't. I'm giddy. I think you know, I think we'll make a good one. I can't wait, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm, I'm be not at I'm gonna be not at you. Speaking of, of being a pastor, mm-hmm. what are the challenges that that you did not foresee? Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. That you okay. had to. Well, I, I would say I would say this. Now, being a pastor is like being the CEO of a company. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. in Virginia, churches we have to operate as corporations. Yep. So and so there are business challenges. You know, there's budgets there's you know the other the interpersonal stuff bill i was i i believe i was designed so you, you hear a lot about the five-fold ministry now i i personally don't think it's five i think it's fourfold and the last fold being pastor teacher because i don't think you can be a pastor without being a teacher so mm-hmm. i believe i was designed to be a pastor teacher and i was designed to to deal with the problem that the quote-unquote problems that come with that and one of the things that I do, Bill, is this: is I, I allow people to unload their stuff to me, but mm. I don't hold on to. It. Man, yeah. I, so as soon, you, as soon as you give it to me, guess what? I give it to God, and I don't, hold, I don't hold. Oh on my to goodness! It. Yeah, because that'll weigh you down. Hear me? Yeah, I'm in the bed, on the land like, on the floor, can't get up. I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I I got my own stuff to carry, and then and then what I try mm. to get 
to God too. So so that that portion I, I don't don't worry so much about. But then again, there's the you know now I gotta go I, I gotta get the the fire inspectors here. You know now you know we got we got this twenty two thousand square foot building. I got <laughs> we gotta mm-hmm. make sure, make sure the leaf the roof's not leaking. We got you know eight eight HVAC units on the roof and a huge one out back. So you know there's just things the business that so that you have to to worry about and those are those are challenges that you have to you know take into consideration when you're mm-hmm. when you're running a company i think you got it down brother yeah i think you got it and down. And, and, the, the, and the lord the lord has has always relation relationally you and yeah. catherine but yeah your responsibilities mm-hmm. are you able to coexist smoothly i mean in a is it is it is it challenging to to maintain your responsibilities at home, balancing no, with the, at church? Not at all. And I would say it has become much easier uh, because I've I've been bivocational, which means you know I've been the pastor of church and worked a corporate job, so mm-hmm. it's much easier. And I I, and I did that. I had I had retired from doing that. I want to say it was two thousand and I became full time pastor. And then a friend of mine pulled me out of retirement in 2016. He, did, he said, man, I really, I could really use your help. That was tough because I would come to the church in the morning, do some paperwork, make sure everything was okay, then go to my job. And mm-hmm. then and then sometimes on the way back from the job, stop back here at the church to make everything <laughs> okay. So that was tough because it, it put a lot of stress on my time. But then you know, after a while, I was like, even though it, it was a very well-paying I was the director of uh, operations for a very large government contractor, mm-hmm. which had a, a very good six-figure salary. But mm-hmm. it, it was it, the stress was too much, and it and it was, it was just, so. I, I cut that loose, and because I cut that loose, wait, when I cut that stress loose, uh, it cut out all this other stress in my life. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! But, yeah. but as far as being a pastor and being married, I mean, I have a wife that is so supportive and. Mm-hmm. And when she met me, I was a pastor, so it's not like something new that's happened. And there's there's no, you know, sometimes the only, you know, the only sometimes conflict that will come up is like she'll be like, well, why didn't you tell me this? I'm like, well, baby, when people confide in me, I I am the pastor, and I can't, without permission from them, disclose that to you. Right. And 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 I and I don't. And so so again, you know, people will tell me things, and then mm-hmm. she'll mm-hmm. find out later. The, well, even I don't care what it is if somebody tells me something right, and it's right. some professional skill. I don't, I don't yeah. discuss it with anybody. But other than that, you know, <laughs> a little right. ribbing from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Y'all, y'all have a good relationship. Yeah. Good spiritual. I mean, that's because that's fantastic. Because she's the boss. She's the boss. There you go. Hey, you better know it. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's hey. five foot two. <laughs> Whatever. That don't big. <laughs> don't mess with it. <laughs> one last one one last question. Yeah. What? Oh my goodness. Just like that. I was gonna ask you, James. My goodness. Is there anything that you wanted to I'm sorry. Is there anything that you were looking forward to talking about or anything that you wanted to share with our audience that we haven't talked no. about and discussed? No, I think I think we pretty we, we actually covered things that I wasn't wasn't planning on discussing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, that's what I love the beauty is. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. God just takes us where he wants to go. 
just make sure I mean God has God has provided so much for each and every one of us, man, and and through through sicknesses and through you know financial hardships, through a lot of stuff, He is right there with you in it. And just don't ever turn away from Him. Don't run away from Him. One of the things I, I like to do every Sunday when we have communion, I because I used to go to churches that sometimes they would say, you know what, if you if you did this or did that, you shouldn't have communion. But I tell my congregation, if you've messed up, you better run to the communion table. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> because yeah. because communion <laughs> made for perfect people. It was made for imperfect people who've been made perfect by the blood of Christ. Yeah. And so just, yeah, going right. just, just run to the communion table. So that that's what I would share with the, the artists, man. Just don't 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 hide anything from God. Well, number one, you can't. I mean, because when you mm -hmm. confess something to him, ain't the first time he found out about it, right? <laughs> he, right, he, right. He, he knew it he knew it before you knew it. So uh, just don't don't hide anything from it and, and, and ask him about everything. Just talk yeah. to him. When I say talk to him, talk to him like you, you don't have to talk to him in King James English, right? Right, right. You, you, you can split verbs and have, have dangling participles. You can, you he understands. He understands. There you go. Talk to him. He wants to have a conversation. Yeah. Brother, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, James. I can't say it enough. I know I've I'm told glad, you before. I'm glad we got a chance to do it because we've been planning this for a while, too. So yeah. I'm glad we got a chance to do it. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for being with us today on the show. It's been fantastic, man. Um, I'm at, I hope we can do it again sometime. I know, you know. I know absolutely. I, as you start growing up. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. <laughs> Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.